And I was just yelling at the sky, yelling at God saying, why do you hate me so much? And he answered. And he's like, why do you hate you so much? And I like froze. Like the tears stopped. Everything just stopped. Like I just froze. And I was like, you're right. I do hate myself. Why do I hate myself so much? And I kind of just went back in the house, just dripping wet and just stood there for a while. Just kind of as the words just kind of seeped in. And that's what changed for me is that moment of why do I hate myself so much? And what am I going to do with that? (laughs) What am I going to do with it? And that's when I really really opened myself up to allow God in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rooted in Christ podcast. My name is Eric Stevens. I'm the founder of Redwood Christian Ministries. I'm so glad you could join us today. Joining me on the show today, I have author, relationship and spiritual love coach, daughter of the king and all around great woman of God. I have Lori Herbers with me today. Lori, how are you doing this afternoon? I am doing amazing. Thanks for asking. How are you? I am doing, I can't complain. I can't complain. I can, but I'm not going to put you through it. I'm not going to put the audience through it. We don't, no one wants to hear that right now. Nobody wants to hear that right now. So thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us, to share a little bit about your life and your story. Oh, well, that's a, that could take a while, but I'll do like an outline. Um, so I grew up in abuse and trauma, mm. uh, carried that for a really long time into adulthood. I was actually even a mother and still carrying it. Um, I can look back now and, and people think it's crazy when I say, like, I look back and say, I was a horrible mother because I, I wasn't walking in truth. I was walking in the lies that, and I carried them. Um, but thankfully God is a God of forgiveness and healed me from that so that I could give my daughter God's love instead of the ugliness that I carried for so long. Thankfully, um, we can heal and not carry shame and guilt anymore. So I went on a love journey because that's what I wanted more than anything um, in my life was to hear my father tell me he loved me and he passed away before I got a chance. And so that was like a huge turning point in my life where I had to decide what is it that I want and I wanted to love. And that's when I really dove in with God, started journaling with him and he changed my entire life. And so now I hope others connect with their divine connection with him and find divine love and divine purpose and just really embrace all of the amazing love that is in this world that most people just don't see because of all the other things going on. So what you're doing now, you would say is, was would you say that's birthed out of some of the, maybe the trauma or, or abuse that you faced growing up? Is that what's motivating you to do this now? Uh, no, <laughs> actually it's birthed out of the love right? Okay. God good. showed me because I mean, love is an actual energy and it's in everything. God's in everything. And yet it's so easy for us to dismiss it because we, you know, your focus becomes your focus. And when you're focused on the ugliness of the world, you miss what he's doing. But when you focus on the love, then all of a sudden you're just standing in this midst of this amazing abundance of all of the good things. Amen. Amen. So where, where did you grow up? I grew up in Wisconsin, actually, okay. in the cold. <laughs> cold and snow. Um, it's beautiful in the fall and the spring. But yeah, I grew up there. Are you still living there now? I'm actually in Kansas. <laughs> Didn't plan it, but you know, you go where God says. And so here I am. Amen. There you go. There you go. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to take the, take the audience in a little bit deeper then. So you kind of, you touched on it. So what was life like growing up for you? Ugh, heavy, dark, sad. Um, I basically was told how stupid I was, how unworthy I was. Um, I was youngest of four and I always, I always had this belief because I was always told there wasn't enough. So if, if one person got, then the rest of us did not. Uh, so that was a heavy mindset I carried for a long time that if, especially as a single mother, um, if I gave her something that I felt that I went without, I went without so that she could have. And the whole time God is like, you both can have, mm. but I didn't realize that truth <laughs> when I was stuck in lies. So it was a very shameful, dark and quiet existence because I would just hide in my room because I didn't think anyone would want to actually see me because if they saw me, they wouldn't like what they saw. So, yeah. This is entirely up to you how much of this you really want to to dive into about what your, you know, what that abuse or childhood was like. But do you want to give any any kind of detail, like some of the things you you faced that caused you just to, to kind of, like you say, like hide in your room? Um, well, when you're hiding in your room, you don't have those connections with other people. You don't. And, and I can't remember the Bible verse about, you know, when two or more come together, first of all, there's God. Um, the courts, you know, if you have, the, there's two of you, if one of you fall, there's someone there to pick you back up. I didn't have any of that. I just felt so unworthy to even have friends. Not that I didn't have friends, but like I said, what you focus on becomes your focus. And so I focused so much on um, the unworthiness and the fact that, you know, my dad was always saying, you know, what happens in the house stays in the house. You know, of course, because he didn't want people to you know what was really going on. Um, and I thought that was normal. For years, I just thought that was normal, that that's just how life was. And I was so unworthy that my dad couldn't even love me. So it would just, it just was a really heavy, dark place to be in for a really long time. But I can also say, though, at the same time, God was always there. I don't remember a moment when he wasn't there. So hiding in my room, he was there. <laughs> was there so how i guess i'll ask this question so you said that he he was always there so how how did you did was there like a were you growing up in the church had you been attending was it just you know how did you establish that relationship with god to know that he was always there did he kind of just speak to you how did how did you come to that realization yeah he was always speaking to me i don't remember a time when he, he wasn't and for a long time that also was when people were always telling me I'm crazy because I have discernment. I've always had discernment. I could see things that other people are like, you're crazy. There's nothing there. And I'm like, but I'm looking at it right now. And so I hid that part of me too, because I'm like, okay, great. And now I'm unworthy and I'm crazy. <laughs> so it's like, I just kind of closed it off for a really long time, but it wasn't closed off when I was alone. And I remember I used to have horrific nightmares, horrible, horrible nightmares, which I realize now it was more than just nightmares. It was, I have visions of things yet to come. Um, but I didn't understand that at the time because I was too young to understand what I was even seeing. But at the same time, and I'm not even sure, I, I was so little, I don't know if it was God, an angel, or what taught me how to wake up. So anytime now, if I have a dream that feels even a slightly bit uncomfortable, I immediately wake up. Mm. It's weird, but <laughs> very helpful. Listen, it's got to be helpful, right? <laughs> it is. Got to be as helpful. Having a dream to wake up from this, like, okay, let's put a stop to this. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's one of the things I had someone on here on, on Halloween, um, Crystal Williams, and we talked a lot about just 
the things that we expose ourselves to, the things that we see around us every day, always being in like a, a spiritual fight, always having spiritual, you know, always having to stay prayed up because we are in spiritual mm-hmm. warfare 24 seven, you know, and we were just talking about the things that you watch, things you listen to, the things we expose ourselves to, what, what kind of doors that could even open up for a person. So I hear you. Yeah. And it does. <laughs> it really does. And I can always tell them, this is what's funny is my daughter would watch shows and and that night demons would come in the house the next morning. I'm like, what were you watching? And she tried to deny it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I, you opened it up and here, and I feel them and I see them and I'm like, don't, don't do that to me. I get them. I work hard to get them out of here. And then you just open the door and they just come right back in. And I'm like, mm. and she'd always, and she finally stopped because actually there was a crazy dream. She had one night. She had a dream that she was, she was in her room and a demon came to her door. She tried to shut the door, but it got in. And then she went running and was pounding on my bedroom door. Mm. And at, right when I opened it, she felt like the demon went in her. And the next day she's like, that, that demon hates you, hated you. He wanted to get to you so bad. And I'm like, yeah, they do. They don't like it when people know that they're there and feel them. They don't like that. So that was like a huge thing to her where she stopped. She was like, shut the door because she didn't like what that felt like. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I deal with all the time. How did your relationship with your father impact your relationship with God? Yeah, that, that was a hard one because, you know, you're looking at God's supposed to be your father. And yet he gave me this father that made me feel so unwanted and so unworthy that it it was hard. It was hard for me to go to him. And I still sometimes will catch myself that I think there's still sometimes a little bit of anger in there. But what really saved me was Jesus became my best friend because it was it was different. He was my best friend. He's who I go to. I even now every morning. I picture myself sitting either on a bench with him when I leave for the day before I even start. It's like my soul's resting with him every single day <laughs> before I even get out of bed. I'm with him. Sometimes we're in the garden. Sometimes I see a giant meadow. Sometimes we're on a bench. Sometimes it's a hammock. It's just my soul's resting with you throughout this entire day. And that's where I set myself. And that's where I, I see myself all of the time. But as I've you know learned to love, it's God, though, that went in there and was like, okay, we're going to dig through this closet. We're going to dig through this and, and help you understand that I'm the one that loves you. Um, and sometimes our circumstances is because of free will. It had nothing to do with them. My father made his own choices. And that was kind of eye-opening. And another thing that was eye-opening was sitting down and writing a letter as if I was my dad, trying to see from his viewpoint of what it was like living and walking in his path. And that really was a huge eye-opening thing. So I recommend that to anyone who's struggling with a relationship with someone sit down and actually really imagine what it's like to be that person and maybe how it would look to think like them because we are connected to spirit so spirit can can connect with their spirit and tell us and give us insights that if we don't take the time to stop and go i wonder what they're really going through has nothing to do it had nothing to do with me whatsoever it was all his Thank you for for your transparency and sharing some of the things that you you've already shared. We we appreciate it. So, um, was there what was the turning point? You would say from okay, I'm in this situation. I'm in this this abusive situation. I'm in this rough situation. What was the turning point for you? Like when did you say okay? Like when when did things start to change and and shift for you? Uh, would have been in two thousand and nine. Um. I think how my daughter would have been then, like 10. My daughter would have been like 10. 
my dad passed away suddenly, very suddenly. Like there was the one time you always see on TV when people are like, are you sitting down kind of a thing? They didn't say that, but I literally almost missed the couch trying to sit down because my dad wasn't that old. Um, and he was always larger than life. And when I got that phone call saying that he passed away, I was like, wait, what? And plus it was my niece that called me and she was saying grandpa because it was her grandpa. And I'm thinking, my, I don't have any grandfathers left. They've already passed away. So it took a minute before it clicked to realize, wait a minute, you're talking about your grandpa, which is my father. Um, and that was hard for me because we were just starting to have building kind of a relationship where he would actually talk with me when I would call home. Um and he passed away suddenly. And I remember it wasn't immediately. It was like a few days before I was to go home the next like summer because he passed away in January. Um, and I was actually going to school for my bachelor's at that time. And so I just kind of shoved it all in to finish that semester. And so it was a couple of days before I was going to go home for the summer. And I knew that I was going to have to come to terms with what, what happened. Um and understand that I was never going to have the one thing that I wanted and to hear him say that he loved me. And I remember I was just filled with so much anger and so much actually hate and anger towards God because I felt like he did this to me. Hmm. And I'm like, what did I do wrong? I literally remember I was sitting on the couch just sobbing and crying out to God saying, what did I do? I don't understand why you hate me so much. I don't, you know, what did I do? What did, what did I do? And I was storming outside. There was lightning. And I mean, it was like right overhead. <laughs> Boom and thunder, lightning. I ran outside at that moment. And I really wouldn't have cared. Honestly, if I got struck by lightning, didn't care at that moment. And I was just yelling at the sky, yelling at God saying, why do you hate me so much? And he answered. And he's like, why do you hate you so much? And I like froze. Like the tears stopped. Everything just stopped. Like I just froze. And I was like, you're right. I do hate myself. Why do I hate myself so much? And I kind of just went back in the house, just dripping wet and just stood there for a while, just kind of as the words just kind of seeped in. And that's what changed for me is that moment of why do I hate myself so much? And what am I going to do with that? <laughs> what am I going to do with it? And that's when I really, really opened myself up to allow God in. And like every night and people are asked, sometimes would ask me like, how long did it take for you to get over, you know, your father passing? I'm like, well, I'm never going to get over that. But for probably a good at least a year, a year and a half. I did everything I had to do, you know, went to school, took care of my daughter. She by the time when she was in bed and asleep, and that's when God and I met. And I got my pen and my paper and we talked. And he helped me empty out all of the junk, all the misperceptions, all the the lies that I was looking at as truth and started showing me what was real. What was really real <laughs> and changed my reality. To what it was supposed to have been. So this was, you said 2009. Mm -hmm. So, and I, we talk about this, this seems to come up a lot on this podcast, probably because we always have people coming on talking about their testimonies and then sharing their, mm -hmm. their life stories and things they were delivered from or set free from, or, or they even grew up in the church and they didn't have this experience, you know, cause there's power in every kind of testimony. So how did you begin to start using what you went through to show other people the love that God has for them? You know, what's funny is even in the midst of all the pain growing up, I was the person everyone came to mm. already. Like God was already showing me, this is what you're meant to do. Um, whenever they wanted to be lifted up or encouraged, I was already writing poetry. I remember my sister went through a really bad breakup and I wrote her all these poems and I gave them to her on pieces of paper. And she was the one that gave me my first journal. She's like, I wanted you to have something to be able to keep all of this in. And I was like, cool. <laughs> 
So I was already doing it. God was already speaking through me because that's what he's meant to do. And I didn't even realize how much of an impact he was already doing in my life, even when I wasn't fully connected, I guess, in my heart, because my heart was still crying out. Um, So in essence, I could say that he was healing me in ways by speaking to other people, because every time he says something to someone else, he says it in just the exact right way that it impacts me just as much as the person that I'm talking to every single time. So he's always been doing that. It was just a matter of me getting to that place where I understood this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, it's crazy how like you can, and I mean, it's not crazy. It makes perfect sense how you can be pouring into someone else or ministering to someone else. And it's also helping you and uplifting you at, at the exact same time. Like it's whenever people call me or they, they reach out because they have a need or they are struggling with something or whatever the case may be, I always do a few things. Like we pray together at some point during the conversation. Cause sometimes they call me and it's already off to the races. Like I can't even, I don't even get a chance to get a word. Like, let's just pause and pray. Like I can't even stop them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, um, can we just invite the spirit in? Cause I have no idea how to handle the situation. Um, we always pray together while they're explaining to me what's going on. I'm usually praying in my mind, like, God, you had this person call me for a reason. There's something the spirit in me needs to connect with the spirit in them. So what what is that? What what needs to come out of this conversation that you want to see happen? I point them back to the cross and then I point them back to the resurrection, you know? So because mm-hmm. I, I want them to put their focus back on the Lord, not their problem. Now we're not negating the problem, but I want to put them back on the person who has the answer for the problem and make sure that they don't connect that to me. You know, it's right, like, right. I'm just the vessel that's being used right now. We got to point, we got to point you back to the cross. I got to point you back to the father. So it's, it's beautiful how it works that you can be pouring into someone and it's still, it's affecting you at all at the mm-hmm. same time. It's, yeah. I never get tired of that feeling. <laughs> it's amazing. It's so fun. Cause I actually will stop like in mid conversation. Sometimes it'll come out of my mouth and I just look at, it, I'm like, oh yeah, that was good. I felt that and they felt it. And then we're both just going, whoa, it's the best. The rough part for me sometimes when I'm ministering to somebody and I need to hear what I'm saying, it's like, hey, are you doing what you just told them to do? And you just get that quick, gentle nudge in the arm. It's yeah. like, um, this is also for you too. I'm just making you aware that you could do better at this. This yeah. So so you've gotten into, obviously using your test one to be a blessing to other people. So you've gotten into to coaching. So do you want to explain a little bit about how you got into coaching, what kind of coach you are and kind of explain like how you how you came on that path? Um, right. Like I was saying, like, I've always been doing it. I've always, at first it is so weird how it has shifted as I've accepted what God was trying to do. So first I'm like, okay, I'm an empowerment coach. I help empower people. And then as God, you know, was working with me some more and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm kind of, a love coach because I'm, you know, cause that's what I was wanting. I wanted love so much. And, and when I started seeking and God was always going to help us find what we're seeking. And I was trying to find love not realizing how ginormous God's love is because we're always trying to do love from our tiny little human perspective, not realizing that we're connected to God who has all of the love. And so this was this huge thing. So then I'm like, oh, oh, I'm an empowerment and a love coach. And then as I'm going a little further, God's like, well, you're forgetting like the main piece, like the spiritual, it's all about me. It's the spirit part. And I'm like, oh, okay. So empowerment and spiritual love coach. (laughs) And then as we're working more, um, 
And I'm realizing, and he's realizing like we're in relationship with everything, everything, ourselves, God, Jesus, spirit, others, money, uh, job, our children, animals, nature. <laughs> I'm like your mind, all of it is a relationship. And so as I, you know, it just kept shifting to it was, Oh, I'm a relationship and spiritual love coach. Cause that's what encompasses basically everything. Cause you're in relationship with everything and we're connected to spirit, which is pure love. Um, yeah, I think I went off track. What was your question? <laughs> no, I just was, I was really just curious just for, you know, because I, I talked to, I've had a number of people on the show who are authors. I've had a, a few people. Um, and I don't know if they're going to air before or after this, who are also life coaches. Um, that's the thing with these pre-recorders. You never really know all the time when they're, when they're going right. to hit sometimes. So um, I have a guess, but I could always be wrong. But so I've had a number of authors. I've had, um, I had Dr. Uh, India Logan, who started a life coaching academy. So I have people who are very interested in this field, um, even though some people get the certification for it. Some people don't, you know, and mm -hmm. because it's not, um, what's the word I want to use? It's not a, it's not like a regulated field. So you don't have to have a degree or a license to, to do it, you know, but if you are called by God to do it, I don't need a piece of paper to tell me to do, <laughs> to do it. Right. So, so some people I've talked to just been kind of curious about, well, how did you get into the, the life coaching, the, that, that realm in that arena? So. Well, I think that is also to uh, paying attention and to where God is guiding you because on my path of realizing through all of this, because when I first was like, I want to be, you know, I, I know I meant to be a coach. He's been telling me in my journals forever <laughs> that I'm going to coach people, but you know, he wasn't showing me exactly how. So it's just kind of like, okay, I hear what you're saying. I don't see the full picture. Um, so I'm just kind of going with it. Um, and I'm actually, I am certified through different places that aren't necessarily state or, you know, certified. Um, I'm actually certified as a love and authenticity practitioner. Um, and then I went back to that same one. It, it was what they called a whole healing. So it actually deals with the energy of it um, and the healing. And then I'm now taking what is called a radiant leadership class. And this one I'm really excited about because I joined forces with another group who actually their life coaching thing is accredited by the ICF. So I'm really excited about going to be doing that um, early next year being certified in that. So I'm pretty excited about it. Um, yeah, but also at the same time, as I've noticed, as I've, you know, creating a business, God would have to remind me because I would keep, you know, I'm going to join this thing and I'm going to, I'm going to watch this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and he's just like, what are you doing? <laughs> You're looking at like, if I take all these things and now I'll be worthy and, or now I'll be, you know, able to help other people is like, I've already made it so that you're going to help other people. So stop thinking that you, you must somehow now be more. So sometimes we get caught up in, oh, I have to have this, this thing to be able to do what I'm supposed to be doing. But like, and he's even, and that's one of the things he said to me to someone else who was wanting to do something. And I'm like, back when Jesus roamed the earth, they didn't say, oh, you better go to coaching school. <laughs> there was no such thing, you know? You're the vessel through whom God is speaking, then you're the vessel through whom God's speaking. And the only way to learn to do that is by being connected to the vine and saying what he's telling you to say. Man, that's good. I said this in, in one of my sermons once. I said, God is the the only person who's been in your tomorrow. So he's the only person who's going to know what you need when you get there. You know, so just trusting in him for 
for your future, trusting in him for what we consider to be unknown. I mean, it says he's seen the end from the beginning. So, you know, he didn't bring us this far just to bring us this far. He has a plan and a purpose. And I think that we just have to get out of our flesh or get out of our way and let some of that go to just let God be God. Exactly. And one of the one of the things, because in my journaling, he kept telling me about this freight train. He's like, there's a freight train and for every one, there'll be three more. And I was like, and then one day he just said, he's like, Lori, you're not driving the train. The train's already moving. You're just on it. Why are you keep trying to take control of being the conductor? I'm the conductor. And then I was like, oh, that makes it so much easier. <laughs> I'm not driving. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that that whole thing, like Jesus take the wheel, like it's kind of nice when right. someone else is driving. Because when I was driving my life, I was just a, an utter mess. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's been proven I can't, I can't, uh, I can't steer this plane or train in in your case. So right, yeah, and it takes so much weight off of you when you realize, and you're like, I don't have to pay attention to where I'm technically where I'm going. I'm just trusting him to lead me. I'm just following him. I'm on the train. We're going somewhere. <laughs> we <Whee! laughs> don't have to think about it. I can actually just concentrate on what I'm doing every single day. I can concentrate on staying connected to the mind and say and doing what he's asking me to do. And not worry about the results. That was like huge weight lift. He's in the result. It's just like, I can't remember what verse it is about. We plant the seeds. He's the one that makes them grow. But yet we get caught up and going, oh, I don't make this thing grow. And he's like, it's not your job to make it grow. <laughs> get your hands out of there. Just keep watering and carry on. I pray for the grace to even be obedient. You know, it's like, it's like, God, let me be obedient. Like to me, for me personally, that's not enough. It's like, great. Let me be obedient, but I need the grace to do what you told me to do. Cause out your grace, I can't do it anyway. So I, I never want to leave that piece out for, for my own obedience, you know? Right. Oh yeah. I can't do anything that I couldn't, I'm not the vessel if he's not the one speaking. Right. I got it. And that was, and that was one of the hard things is because he would, it, he started with like little things. Like he, I was writing, like it was in journaling. I remember this was the first time ever. I journaled it and it was, it was kind of brutal because he's very honest and was convicting me on some things. And I was like, Ooh, that was, Ooh. And he's like, okay, now I want you to go give this to this person. And I went, wait, what? <laughs> you want me to what? That was hard. And I was like, I just kind of, I folded it all up. <laughs> just, Here, God, I want you to have this. And like basically ran away the first time. Cause I'm like, oh, what am I going to do with that? So it was in that moment of being obedient that he would give me more. And it got to the point where he would, that there was one year that it was just everyone. I swear it wasn't everyone felt like it in the moment. Um, I need you to tell this person this, and I want you to tell this person this. And I want you to, and I was like shrinking back. Cause I'm like, who am I to say anything? But he made it so heavy. It was so uncomfortable that just got to the point. I'm like, here, this is yours here. This is yours here. This is yours. Cause I can't keep carrying all of this. And that's what it took was putting that kind of weight on me to get me to start doing what I was actually supposed to be doing. And then once I started doing it and seeing how people were like, whoa, I still have people now that'll come up to me and be like, oh, I still have that letter. And I'm like, oh, I don't remember giving it to him. Because there was for a while there, there was just so many for him trying to get me to understand what it was he was actually having me do and to connect and say what he wanted me to say. Even in there's some weird moments, there's weird moments. Like I had a friend that had been waiting forever to have a baby. And, she, and he was like, I want you to go tell him that she's going to get pregnant. And I'm like, what if she doesn't? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, what? and it took me a little while to tell her that. And I remember sitting and we met for coffee and I'm, I was like, this is hard for me, but God is like, you're going to, 
And she was like, oh, I so hope you're right. And it wasn't that much longer. Boom. Now she has three kids <laughs> at this point. Um, and even in the second one, it was funny. I had a dream one night and I called her. This time it was easier because I already did it once. I'm like, I just had a dream that you're pregnant. She's like, I am. I said in my dream, it was a girl. She's like, I hope you're right. And she had a girl. So it was kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. It's one of the things that, it's one of the experiences I'd say in my walk that I really love the most. There's a few, but this is one of my my favorites. And when he gives me a word for someone, and like I, I absolutely love when he does that, just to be that vessel, just to bring that that hope and that good news mm-hmm. to somebody else. Because I don't know what they're going through that day or that week or in that moment, or if they just lost their job, whatever the case may be. Like I just, I love that. But then at the same time, that there's that that little bit of inkling. It's like let me make sure this is of you. I make sure I make sure I open it up by look. I feel like the spirit is telling me to share this with you, but if this is not for you, throw it away. But I just I really feel like this is some this is what's been pressed on me to share with you. Like I find a way to just to to kind of say that to him. But I I love being the vessel to bring to bring that that good news in in that manner. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and one of the things that I learned with that too is not only that I I gave God. I'm like, here's my voice. Use me. But I also have prayed about if I'm not meant to say something, don't let it come. So there's sometimes I'm like, and it won't even come out of my mouth. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> Woo, save me. So yeah, it's just that prompt. Yeah, like you were saying that prompt. So, but I mean, I literally have had him like stop like the words or I just full on forget what I was about to say. I don't guess they weren't supposed to hear that. Okay, moving on. We were um we were at one of our, our young adult um worship nights recently and they call the leaders up for prayer and I go up there and I really felt like God was just pressing on me, go share something with this individual. And what's funny is the guy was like right in my line of sight. And you know how like you can tell like somebody like wants to come to the altar, but they're not coming. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Like I'll go to him as soon as we're done. I walk up to him. I said, look, I know that this is your first night here. I've never met you. You, you don't know me at all. I don't know you, but I feel like God is telling me to, to share this with you. I share it with him and he goes, man, do you know that's my life motto? I'm like, I do now that you just told me that. And thank you. Cause now I can stop sweating. Like I just said to my middle, the top of my head. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's a good feeling to be used by the Lord. Like it's, it's a great feeling to be used by him. So. Especially when you see that sometimes it's like this light bulb moment or, or a confirmation of something that God has been kind of telling them. And then you come along and you reiterate. Yep. And then they're like, that's exactly what I say. Okay. That. All right, we're in. Okay, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you are, I would, I have a note this because I wrote this down for myself. That you are a love inspired coach. So if I come to you for some kind of coaching, what kind of thing can you, can you coach me through? What, what would you say are some of your, your areas of expertise, topics you cover or things that people come to you for any way you want to answer any of that? Oof, it's a lot. <laughs> um, I would say Sometimes it's that connection because I have been through abuse and trauma. So I've had people come to me because of that, or maybe they had a poor relationship with their father and they've seen how God has healed me through that. Um, Sometimes it's because I am the vessel through whom he speaks. And part of my discernment, it's one of the weirdest things. And it took me a while to figure out what he was doing because I fought my discernment for a while. And, um, it's almost like sometimes when I'm working with people who have trauma in their past, I can feel and see 
almost like this thread that is leading them backwards. Like I'm basically just their guide of trying to get them to this moment that God wants them to remember where it all began. Because it's almost like you can pull weeds, but unless you pull out the roots, it'll just keep growing back. So I will literally just keep going. Oh God, like deep breaths and love. And, and the reason I say love inspired is because it is God. It's all God's love. It's that ability. We have that ability to tap into his love and use that to help people find that place of calm and that comfort place, because going back in trauma can be very agitating and very nerve wracking um, that I'll, I, I'll actually have to do breathing exercises because I'll feel them start to get away from that because there's a difference between head space and heart space. Mm, and so we move into that heart space and I can feel it when they start shifting out. And then I'm like, okay, we got to take a minute because you're going back to your head. And we'll do some breathing and repicturing in that love space to get them to that space where God can heal them in those moments. Um, and sometimes it's just like, I'll have people come to me um, to help them to write or help them create something or just inspire them or to empower them. Like there's, it's been so many different things. It's kind of hard to pinpoint because like you yourself being a vessel through whom God speaks, he can say and help pretty much anything that somebody needs help with. Nice. So you kind of, you kind of touched on this. But I figured I'd ask this. Why well, this is going to be a two-parter? Are you currently? Because we're going to share all of your links in the in the comment section. So wherever anyone just happens to be listening to this, we're going to make sure we share all the great things that you're doing. Um, are you currently taking clients right now? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Although it's getting tight. <laughs> I'm glad so, I asked. I'm glad I asked. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, that's that's the holy way of her saying. If you want to get coaching, her, hurry up and sign up. Hurry up right now before we even finish um, listening. <laughs> which is yeah. Which is why I have been like really listening when God is saying like, create this course. Cause I have a course that was like, it's not that I planned. He's like, you're going to write this course, become the one God calls. And I'm like, what? <laughs> um, which opens it up to, to have more than just the one, you know, the one-on-one it gets very limiting, but this, you know, you can have eight to one or 10 to one with me. Um, so yeah. And there's more coming. He just keeps it coming. I've got more coming. <laughs> Here we go. Expanding that territory. There we go. Well, actually, not only that, but I feel like he's he keeps narrowing me in and, there we and go. niching me in and niching. Yeah. So <laughs> I may sign up. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. You might see my name on that list. <laughs> I'm surprised. That's, that's fine. It's good. Like, and I I just realized this the other day. Um, because when he came to me, he's like, "You're going to create this 12 week program." Like, he literally laid it out. You're going to do this 12 week program. It's called Becoming the One Get Called. First course is uh, journaling with me, learning to discern my voice and have divine guidance because you got to have that or you're not going anywhere. That is so good. Uh, right. Second course is like, is all about how I love you because until you understand the love I have and love yourself, you can't get into your divine purpose Ooh. and you're not going to be fully connected to me. Tell you're em. not going to hear me. Tell them. And then the third one, this is the one that really threw me because I was okay with those. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. And then it's like, and then boom, the third one is all about divine purpose. And I was like, um, how do I know what everybody's purpose is? Yeah, that, I remember thinking that as I'm writing down what he's saying, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Um, but what I realized just the other day is in creating that, I, you know, he was he's doing it through me. He was preparing me to niche down more because, in essence, he was re, re reminding me, "You're connected to me." 
this is how much we love you and you love me. And now we're really good because I'm not kidding. The Bible has so much about divine purpose that we just kind of glance over and don't even realize what he's actually saying. That course blew my mind <laughs> so much. So, yeah, it's powerful because he wrote it. He just used me to put it together. I want to ask this question only because I'm I would love for you just to articulate the answer. But what made because I I you kind of touched on it before and you touched on it before we started recording, but what made you decide to not keep all of this to yourself and actually decide I'm going to help other people with this? I'm going to use this to be a blessing to other people. That was after, it was actually when I was going through my first, the love and the authenticity certification, because God was again, healing me and and shifting and and making me understand how much love there was really. And I found it because it was funny because everyone else in that program was like all about, I want to make money, 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 money. And I'm like, I want love. (laughs) I want to know love. I know it exists. I want it. So while they're all trying to figure that out, I was learning about love energy. And, and when I found it, like I was, it was not at all what I was expecting. It was so huge. It was so overwhelming. Um, All the shame, the guilt, all of the stuff that seems so important just fell away. And I was just standing in this place of, of magic, of beautiful miracles, of glory, of honor, of forgiveness, of compassion, grace. Like it was so amazing. And I remember just, it was probably like two months after finding this, like every morning. And I'm not a morning person. <laughs> Usually when the alarm goes off, I'm like, kill the alarm. And I was waking up in my bed. The sunlight was, I didn't even have a curtain. The sun came in. I was just like, oh, that's, God, that's just like God touching you. And I'm just like, good morning, God. Oh, this love is so amazing. I wish people knew this. I wish they knew about this. It took two months of him going, hello, <laughs> start talking. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And that same day that he did that, I literally sat up and had an outline of the first program I created called Turning Love in Yourself into a Habit. Like it was just, and I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> And so, and that's why I always tell people like, well, how'd you write this? Or how did you do that? Because I was in alignment. And when you're connected to the vine, come on, information download, it's just like, come on. That's good. So you've got the life coaching piece that you do. And it's not, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's love coaching. It's, it's relationship. Like it's so much more than just life coaching. I don't want to put it under one umbrella. But you've touched on this, so I want to. I kind of want to dive into it since you just brought up. How many books or journals do you have out right now? Three. Okay. About to be. Well, it was four. So this is weird. So like the very first book I ever wrote, I kind of stopped because it was. I was looking at it as one. I wanted to see if I could do it because <laughs> God had been calling me to write, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Um, and so I wrote it in like, gosh, it wasn't even that long, like maybe a week and a half. I got to go visit. I was visiting someone in Florida. There's something about being by the ocean that is amazing for writing. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm listening. And I wrote this and I had it out for a little while. And then I'm like, well, as I was shifting and changing, I'm like, some of it might not be clear the way that I meant it. And so I took it off. And so I've been retweaking it. So a second edition I'm hoping to have out. Um, at the beginning of January, because I figured what's the better time to have God's gift of second chances than the beginning of a new year. So, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be four. So when did you, and you said that, you know, God had been telling you that for a while. So when did you first realize that you should have been writing a book? 
Ooh. Maybe like 2010. <laughs> like not too long after I started really listening and journaling because he was already trying to prepare me um, of what I was going to be doing. But then, I, you know, I was kind of pushing back like, uh, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Um, so he had my daughter keep reminding me, Mom, are you writing? God said you're supposed to be writing this book. Are you writing? She would. And I'd be like, uh, try telling that your eight-year-old, or maybe she was 10. I don't remember. I'm like, no. <laughs> but maybe I should, because my daughter is telling me. Yeah. Um, it took me a while. <laughs> at we just at our leadership meeting today, because we've been talking about how like great the the kids area, how far along it's really come at at New Life Church. Like we have a new children's director, she's doing an amazing job. The volunteers are like exploding. And it is amazing how many, this came up today, how many kids tell their parents, we want to go to church today. You need to go to church today. Why are we not going today? We don't want to do this in our pajamas today. Like this, this testimony was just being shared to these, like these, I mean, five, six, seven, eight year old kids just tapping mommy and daddy and saying, why aren't we going to church today? Like it is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always tell people to go back when they, when they are struggling with what am I, what is my purpose? Why I'm here? Go back and look at when you were little, when you were wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, fully connected to God, everything's beautiful and magical. And there isn't that mind that's going, oh, that can't work. I don't see how that can happen. They don't look at it that way. They can't even compute that. They don't have that ability to, to disengage, as you say. As adults, we disengage from what's real and what's true. We second guess everything. They don't. They're like, I see God over here. I'm going to go over there. <laughs> <laughs> there's no oh maybe i shouldn't go maybe he doesn't want, no they're like love me i mean if you ever kid you know kids how easily they love and how easily they forgive i can remember because like i can say that i wasn't the greatest mom back then when i was in pain she would still always forgive me instantly i'd be like i'm so sorry hugs kisses as adults were like oh, i'm done with you i can't believe you said that to me kids are like i love you hugs I came in, um, I came into church one Sunday and one of the kids here who like, I just buy toys for all the time. Cause I love him so much. <laughs> She's one of my favorites. Um, I came into church one Sunday, just in a bad mood. I had a migraine. I did. I, I just didn't just, I just wasn't feeling well, you know, it was just first thing I just wasn't feeling well. And I didn't even see him because I, I came in through the back door. So I'm, I'm walking the front of the sanctuary, I go out the side door. So I didn't see him up front. He runs me down and hugs me. And he says, where are you going? Well, he said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to get a bottle of water. And he takes off running. So from where I was standing to the counter was probably only three feet. By the time I got to the counter, he had already come back with a bottle of water. And I was just almost in tears. First of all, I couldn't catch him. I wanted to. <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was just crazy how. You know, I I don't love people and then expect something in return because that's not love. You know, right. I just, but to see him do that for me, it almost brought me to tears. I was like, this is crazy. This is, this is just pure, genuine, mm -hmm. unfiltered, no expectation, just love of a, of a five-year-old child. Like it made my whole day, mm -hmm. changed my whole mood. I tell that story every time I get the opportunity. I'm just like, this is, this is why we show our children love. Cause look, look at what they do with it. They're sponges. They are. They're little bottles of love energy. <laughs> so I, God has not called me to, to, to write a book, at least not yet. Anyway, that is, I don't see that in my, my plan as of right now. I'm not going to say who knows what he may do one day, 
But what for anyone who's listening who is interested in writing a book, what would you say the process is like getting that book published or did you do self-publishing? What's that like for you? I self-published. Um, and it was it, it's really not as hard as people think it is. Because once you have... I'm actually helping someone right now who who has gone through my my program and within like the first week was already hearing God uh, spit out a book at the same time she was going through that. All of a sudden she's like, finish my book. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, and so actually I'm proofreading it right now. But I had already said it because like Amazon, if you go through Amazon, they already have stuff already set up. Like you can decide what size book you want. They've already got the the word set up for that book. So basically, like I sent the, I'm like, here's your different sizes. Pick the size you want and just start writing it. Um, it has where you can, that it'll help you make your cover. And what's nice about it is it doesn't take money to write your book and make the cover and pop it onto Amazon. They make it when someone orders it. Hmm. And then you get some money. <laughs> That's nice. There you go. It is. <laughs> yeah. So when you're when you're writing, I know you said this one took you uh, long because you started, you put on the shelf, you came back to it. So, what's your schedule like when you're writing? Like, how many hours a day are you really putting into it? Like, what what does that look like for you? It depends um, because I come with the premise that I'm only writing when I'm inspired, when I'm connected to the vine, when His words are coming through me. Um, because I'm a total believer that whatever energy you're writing in is how the reader is going to feel when they read it. And so I only ever wanted it to be pure love energy, pure God, pure spirit writing into this book. So when people open it up, they're feeling God, they're feeling his presence in that moment. So sometimes it was, it'd be like hours, this, but then again, time doesn't mean anything to God. So like he can spit out a whole book out of you if you really wanted to. Um, or like when he first, like the, Third book I wrote, no idea I was writing it. It was one of those moments where I was just journaling. He's like, you're going to write this book. And I'm like, um, what's that entail? <laughs> I don't know. And so, you know, I'm trying to like think through my head and like, you know, what would this look like? What's becoming abundance about, I don't, I don't, you know. And so that's another thing in the morning. I'll ask God, I'm like, what, what am I meant to do today? And this just happened to be a day where I had a huge list of all these things I'm going to get done this Saturday. And I remember getting up that morning, like, okay, what am I doing today, God? He's like, self-care day. And I go, what? <laughs> Have you seen my list, God? It's just big. But because I've already learned that when he tells me so, I'm like, okay, self-care day. So I'm just hanging out on the couch. I remember petting my cat. I was getting up to go get a drink of water. And in the just in the midst of standing up, the whole outline for this book just, and I was like, oh, and then once that happened, it just, it flew. And it didn't. And what's really funny, because somebody else is like, how'd you know you were done? Somebody else I know has been writing a book. How do you know you're done? I'm like, this one was the weirdest thing, because normally you think you're writing it in order. Well, since I was only going by when God inspired me to write, he did not write it in order. Hmm. He went to this chapter, this chapter, this chapter, this chapter. And I was like in the middle of the book and I finished writing a paragraph. He's like, you're done. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I started scrolling through it. I'm like, oh, I did that. Oh, I did that. Well, I'm done. <laughs> it was wow. one of the craziest things. Yeah. Wow. I've had one of the, one of the things I love too, is we're, like, cause you said like how he can just give you the whole download. Like, yeah. I love it when he, like, you know, you got to go preach, you got to go teach and he just gives you the message and it just gets pinned in, in like literally minutes. Yep. And then I got to go back and try to decipher my really bad handwriting. So like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 
Wow, God, thank you for giving me this word in 10 minutes. It's going to take me three days to translate this. It feels like I wrote it in hieroglyphics. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a good thing that that he can translate. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because I, yeah, because whatever language I wrote that in, I've never spoken it. So, <laughs> <laughs> or written it. It's new. <laughs> it, uh, yes, that also, too. That, too. Yeah. Is there anything about the writing process you don't like? No, not really, because. Okay. The beauty of being connected to the vine is it's it's all time with God. When you're writing with him, it's just being with him. So what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe when it's over and you're like, oh man, <laughs> I want some more of you. But you know, that's why you journal every day because you're writing every day. I always tell people to because they're like, I don't want to journal. Well, journal, then you already have your story. So now when you want to write your book, it's already there. Wow. And then they're like, oh yeah. Was there anything that surprised you about the creating, like in the process of creating a book, any, anything that just caught you completely off guard? Um, no, the only thing that pops in my head is how easy it was once I learned to connect with God mm. and just let him flow through me. It was easier than I think. Cause we put all this weight on ourselves of how, you know, I got to write this and I got to write that. How am I going to do that? And God's up there just like, he's like, can I just, just get out of my way a little bit <laughs> and I'll do it. And then you're good. This kind of just hit me. Can you share how important it is to you to stay connected to the vine and how important it is for Christians to stay connected to the vine in general? Oh, God is everything. Um, and I remember having this, this conversation with actually the coach of one of my certifications after I found this fullness of love. And now whenever I step out, it's so weird because when we're born, we're born in pure love energy. We are just little bundles of love energy. Um, but somehow through whatever growing or someone said something, whatever, we start shifting to the worldly energy. Um, and so when I found myself back into that beautiful place, God's just presence, the second I step out, like I feel a difference. And I'm like, eh, no, Megan, I'm like, how did I live over here for so long when it's so good here? So good connected. Because like I said, all that weight goes away. When you're not driving the train, um, you're not worrying about the results because God's got it. You're just planting the seeds because you know God's going to have them do what they're meant to do. It takes all this weight off of you. And then you just bask in the love all of the time. And then all you have to worry about is spreading love, like glitter. I call it glitter. I just imagine glitter everywhere I go, glitter. So even if I'm not in that hall anymore, it was yesterday, someone walks down that hall and they feel something. They're like, something's different in this hallway. <laughs> you just gave me an idea to completely just torment the teachers downstairs in our kids ministry area. <laughs> because by the time anyone down there listens to this, I will have already put this plan in place to have a glitter love demonstration that they're going to have to clean up that I won't be around for. So it'll be there for a while. Yeah, it will be. I really want to thank you for this idea and the kids volunteers at new life church. I, uh, good luck for what's coming next week. <laughs> <laughs> sorry not sorry <laughs> nope i enjoy when the spirit inspires me so i am just going to go ahead and stick with this plan <laughs> yep and th and that's where actually i got it from because one year i taught fourth grade because i used to teach and i can't remember what did these two two things were in back then what year was that like 2014 and she had glitter on it so all over my classroom like all through the school was glitter and that's what kind of stuck with me is you know we're meant to love like jesus and jesus loved like glitter like everywhere he went, people knew he was coming. The, the you know the ladies knew if she could just touch him, she'd be healed. I mean, we're talking glitter. We're talking powerful glitter. 
Yeah. Love glitter. <laughs> yeah. That's what it, that's exactly what's going to be going on downstairs. Yeah. I promise my motives here are pure and not and they have no hilarious intent behind them. Believe me when I tell you that. Believe me. <laughs> I believe you. <laughs> when they listen to this, they got they're going to know it's not true. But that's okay. It'll be too late. It'll be way too late. How would well, you just, about fun? Yes. That yes. And I I I hang my hat on that a lot. A lot. Mm-hmm. Even when my fun slightly turns into mischief, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. It's fine. <laughs> so how would you describe your personal relationship with Jesus now? Like how does how does Christ affect your day-to-day life? He's in everything. I actually had someone ask me just this last week um who my boyfriend was or something like that. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> and go. they're like, Well, what if he breaks up with you? I'm like, he will never break up. With he won't. You. And one day he's coming home to take us all. <laughs> So Hallelujah. he's like, he's it everything. Like everything I do is him. That's why I start my mornings, leaving my soul. Like I, I'm in your safety net. So no matter where I'm going, there's going to be loving Jesus glitter. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I can always feel the difference. Like if I look back to, uh, was my last year teaching and I would go every morning, not every, sometimes I would forget. Cause I was just in this process of really learning that love energy. Um, and the mornings I would remember that I would just stand in my classroom and just feel God's love in this classroom. Like I literally had other staff members come in my room on those days and be like, what's going on in here? This is different. <laughs> the kids were calm. Everything was smooth. The days I would forget was like instant chaos. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Why did I forget? Because you really could tell the difference. I And I'll never forget because I had like, they were taking a quiz that day and I had up on the screen, the the ocean waves. You could just kind of hear it. All the kids were working and she walked in and I'm like, it's just silent other than the waves and the kids work. And she was like, this feels different. You can tell, (laughs) you kind of feel the difference. So yeah, it's amazing. I don't ever want to have my day not have him in it because that's when all the miracles happen. You know, you always hear people talk about how the word of God is alive, how it's inexhaustible, how you can read a verse 10 years ago and then read it today and it hits you totally different. Like, I, I thank God for, for that. Like, I thank God the Mm -hmm. fact that we can feel it when, especially once you've been in it and you've been immersed in it. And then it's like, okay, you, you know, you go a week without praying because, or whatever, you go a couple of days because life is just happening or you've just got complacent or, you know, you try to live off yesterday's words. You didn't read the Bible today, despite, you know, the fact, and we know it's called daily bread, right? But sometimes Mm -hmm. life happens, things happen. And it's, it's great that we can feel that presence when we're reading those devotionals, when we, when we, when, you know, you, you're, you're putting on the worship song, whatever people are doing to get in God's presence, you're just sitting there just being still and just being quiet, whether you're open up the blinds, whatever that, that is, it's just, it's, it's a blessing that we can even feel that. And I'm with you. I can feel the difference. Mm-hmm. I can tell and I'm like, you didn't spend enough time in God's presence today. Mm-hmm. Whether that be just being still and listening or whether that be working through a devotional, whatever the case might be, you you can 100% feel the difference. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a big shift. Right. It's not a good feeling shift either. You're like, oh, this doesn't feel right. No, it's a terrible feeling shift. It's terrible. <laughs> and I think somebody asked me that not too long ago. What do you do on those days where you feel like everything's going wrong? Da, da, da. I said, then I got disconnected from the vine. Because that's the only time that happens. That means I didn't connect today. It means I didn't connect enough today. Somewhere along the line, I walked outside of the glitter. I'm getting back to the glitter. 
Once again, I promise you, the kids downstairs will not be able to walk outside the glitter, and neither will the adults. Neither will the adults. It's going to be beautiful. a great reminder. <laughs> it's be beautiful. I might have to blurt out your name just so no one comes after you for this. <laughs> That's fine. I'm used to it. When, you, gonna... when you have discernment and you're the vessel through whom God speaks, oh, you got to say things people don't want to hear. So, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how much time you have left for this podcast, but the telling people things they don't want to hear might as well be the name of this podcast and my ministry. I have learned how to say the truth in love because I'm like, so this is probably going to be a bit rough, but whenever someone sends that text message, they're like, hey, I need to talk to you about this. I'm like, I need to call you about this. That's a guaranteed sign. I'm like, oh man, I'm not putting this in type. We got to talk about this either over the phone or in person because- Got to bring that love into it. And that was the first thing God, when I first started journaling and he was telling me what, you know, I was going to be coaching other people. That was the very first thing. He's like, you have to love my people enough to tell them the truth, the God truth. <laughs> and then I, I remember, I remember it was really impactful. My house, I had like, you know, how trees get by the foundation. And I had like, it's probably about eh, this big coming out of the foundation. And it was spring. It wasn't that hot out. And I had this little spade shovel thing. And I'm like, I'm going to go get that out. And I wanted to ruin the foundation of my house. <laughs> Little did I know God was teaching me something that day. Um, and I was digging and digging and digging. And I, I, I mean, I was digging so much that I had sweat running down in my eyes. And I'm just like talking to God, just like talking to me the whole time. And and he's he, and I like start pulling it. And, he was, and I remember because he was telling me, he's like, you know how you always talk in your head, like how you would say these things to this person, you're going to share this with your person because you're meant to talk on stage. And I was like, <laughs> I remember that. I was like, no, as I'm like digging. <laughs> um, and I started like twisting it and you could hear all the roots snapping. <laughs> and as I was like pulling it out and I'm like, I'm not kidding. The roots were like, <laughs> and I'm like, God was like, that's what you need to do. You need to love people so much that when you speak to them, you're helping them build roots in me so that they're not easily knocked over. And I'm like, okay, I'm getting it. And so then in the back of my house, the fall before I had a friend that was like, if you like knock on this thing, like she kicked it with her boot and kind of like cracked open mm-hmm. and she's like, it'll get rid of it. So I walked back there and I just touched it and it fell over. And then God was like, and if you don't come to them in the love that with me, like you could destroy them basically. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> so you have to be connected to the vine and come from a place of pure love. That is what he was teaching me way back then. So that I knew that he had to be the one speaking through me. He had to be the one to tell him. You're just using me to say it. And that's why I always will tell people, I'm like, oh, God's got to talk to you. <laughs> Don't hate me. I'm the vessel. But I'm coming that's, with you from pure love. That's another, you, you just said something so good there, because that's another reason why when I, t- even if I, I, I share something with someone, even if they say it resonates with them, go back and pray this through with God. Mm-hmm. Still go back and pray this through. Don't just take my word for it. Continue to read the word and seek God for yourself, for your own understanding, for your own knowledge, for your own wisdom. I think that's one of the things that I try to teach leaders the most because mm-hmm. I've started getting into more and more life coaches. One of the things that I try to pour into and teach the most is I need you to learn how to hear from God for yourself. Because as leaders and teachers or whatever whatever the, the title is, if you're not teaching the people to hear from God for themselves, there's a problem because then they're not gonna they're not gonna know how to deepen those roots when you're not around. They're not gonna know how to study when you're when you're not around. Like we have to teach people those things. And you know, part of um 
I was just sharing this testimony with someone recently about about Redwood and 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 the because they asked like, well, where did this name even come from? And I told them, I said, Redwood trees grow 350 to 450 feet tall. You know, their roots might only be six feet deep, but they go on for miles and they're intertwined with with one another. So they support and they uplift and they keep each other upright. Mm-hmm. You know, they they're not easily taken down. They're not easily cut down. They're not easily broken because they're united and they're they're together. So when those storms come, those trees funnel out and push those storms out together. And each tree is its own ecosystem because they're so massive. So other life lives on those trees. They help water and nourish the area around them. And I'm like, if that's not characteristics and metaphors of how Christians should treat one another, let alone non-Christians and support one another. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I need, I need those roots to be intertwined and going deep in Christ, you know, not, not Eric Stevens. I need them to, so to your point, we have to bring them the love of the Lord, not my thoughts, not my feelings, not my opinions, because that's what will destroy them. Because in my life, my thoughts and my opinions left me with my own gun to my head, which to your point, I thank God that, you know, Pastor Rob Bonilla, um, I don't, that man does not get enough credit for the role that he played in, in my life, called me and told me the truth about my life and the things that I had to quit doing to get to even where I'm at now, you know? Mm-hmm. So I hear you. That truth mm-hmm. and love part is so key. We love them enough to tell them the truth. Yeah. Somebody love me enough to tell me the truth. <laughs> Even though it hurts, which is that pruning yeah, process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and I yeah, and I love that you brought that up too because I even when I was a youth sponsor at church, I would tell those kiddos, I'm like, even though I may tell give you a word of God, you need to go journal. You need to be in relationship with God so that when someone else comes and says, God told me this, and it doesn't align with what He's been telling you, you'll instantly know. Hmm. Because there's people out there who are gung ho on getting you going the wrong direction. Yep. And you won't know. You won't know. That's why I tell them, just go back and test and just test it with God. Don't, Mm -hmm. even if I know, even if I just know it in my knower, I'm like, I know this is a word for them because I have no way of knowing the information that I, that I've been, that just was downloaded to me. I've never even met you. Go back and pray this through because there's no way I knew that this was your, go back to the story earlier. That was your life motto. There was no way that I knew God was speaking that to you. I've never met you before. How is that possible? It's the Holy Spirit. Exactly. So, <laughs> so what do this is going to be a two part question. So what do you what do you specifically do to stay kingdom minded, and then what do you do to avoid burnout? Because you do a lot, you're involved in a lot. I see the cat jumping across the screen, so you got other responsibilities. <laughs> um, yeah. What do you do to stay kingdom minded, and what do you do to avoid getting burned out? Um, well, my journaling every day, um, God, first thing before I even get out of the bed, usually, um, I will pick up my phone, go to my Bible app. What's the verse of the day gets me kind of started as I can already even open my eyes and read it. Um, hanging out with God, hang out with Jesus, <laughs> taking them with me. Like I said, if I feel like my day is like getting really weird and kind you know, chaos, and I'm like, this doesn't feel godly then I know that I need to go back and go, okay, something's God's trying to tell me something right now. And I'll take that moment. I give myself that moment. And if I don't have that right at that moment, I make sure I make one. Then also when you get in the habit of waking up every morning and saying, what am I, what can I do for you today? God, what can I easily and readily do for you today? And he tells me take a self-care day. 
taking a self-care day. But I'm also very adamant that I have a day of rest every week. If I don't, all bets are off because I need that that quiet time that just absorbing that love energy. That Because when we're so busy, sometimes we're kind of oblivious to what's going on. He calls us to have. That is our purpose to take a day of rest. That came up in one of our, our connect groups recently. And I said, you know, it's important that the people who are who are following me in ministry that they see me living out the things that I talk to them about. Mm-hmm. I have been forcing myself to go to bed earlier just to get more rest. Me getting six to eight hours of sleep is a big deal for me <laughs> because it never used to be that way. When I say never, I mean this is new, maybe in the last like six months, new. Um how and I have to ask myself if I'm not taking a day of rest, how prideful, arrogant, or disobedient is that? God rested. Why am I not resting? Did God need to rest, or was He trying to show us the importance of rest? You know, so why am I not doing it? If God did it, why am I not doing it? You know, so and the and my leaders need to see that you know you don't got to put out every single fire right away. Like you, you know, some things can wait until until the next day. And it's important to have that that time of the Lord and have that self-care. You won't be you won't be in shape to help anyone because you'll be a mess yourself. So Yeah. Yeah. Your bucket must be full in order to give to anyone else. Right. I talk to people a lot about ministering out of your overflow because we cannot give the place we minister on E, because then that's the place when you are most vulnerable, you can be taken out. So Yeah. Yep. Overflow. That's coming directly from God because he's told me the same thing. <laughs> wow. Amen. Amen. So do you have like a favorite verse in the Bible or a life verse? I'm just curious. Or do you just love the whole thing? <laughs> there's so many I love. Like I, there's like, I'll come across another one that like, I'll, there was one I used to do all the time. A thousand fall on my side, 2000 or my, my right hand, but I will not come near my dwelling. I used to do that all of the time. And then I kind of forgot about it. Cause I got, you know, other verses. And then someone else just brought it up recently. I'm like, Oh yeah, I really like that one. But I remember, because I'm actually going through a, a radiant leadership class right now, um, and it was talking about, you know, he made a seed, each seed will make, how did it say that? I just remember it said their kind. Mm. And for some reason, like you said, you know, I've seen this verse millions of times, but the other night it hit me, their seed. We cannot pick up somebody else's stuff they've been sowing. We don't have to have competition. It's not mine anyway. You can't reap what you didn't sow. <laughs> so if it's not your seed stop trying to be that person that's good i i say this a lot when i'm teaching our, our membership classes here and i say you don't just because you see people who are on stage or who are preaching or who are teaching or who may be leading worship you don't know what's going on behind closed doors you don't know mm-hmm. what goes into their yes you don't know what goes into their obedience. You may not see the late nights and the early mornings. You may not see them trying to juggle ministry and being husband, wife, um, parent, coworker, whatever, whatever else is is going on. You should want the things that God has already set out for you and not be jealous or envious of the gifts or calling on someone else's life because you don't know the cost is being paid because they don't the your yes and your obedience to God is going to cost you something. Mm-hmm. And it, you just don't know. You don't know what price is being paid. That's not a negative thing. It's 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 beautiful to have your life intertwined by God, to have your steps ordained by God, to be serving God on a on a 
on a daily basis to know he has a plan, a purpose for your life, but you don't want to become jealous and envious of someone else's calling their gifts or, or their anointing, you know? So, um, what he has for you is for you. And that's, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of peace and beauty in just seeking God to say, God, what do you have for me? What's the plan, the purpose you have for my life? And just let's walk that journey. There is so, there's so much freedom in that because there's so much bondage the other way. Well, he's preaching every Sunday. That's not me. Immediately bondage. <laughs> you're walking, you're walking that path right away. So as soon as it's the, as soon as it hits the why not me, there's just certain things we got to change. We start talking to ourselves. As soon as it hits the why not me? No, God, what do you have for me? You know, because we don't want to start planting those seeds of bitterness like you just like you talked about. So exactly. Yeah. I had someone ask me one day too. This is a couple of years ago. She's like, do you think that if I, you know, do the courses or, you know, cause I have different uh, degrees. She's like, if I do this and I do that, do you think I could be like you? And her face when I said, no, was like, I said, no, you don't want to be like me. You want to be like you, you could do, I'm like, you could do, you could take every single step that I took throughout my entire life. And guess what? You'll still won't be me. You're still going to be you. It blew her mind. She's like, Oh, when I first said no, her face was like, Oh, rude. <laughs> and so I'm like, no, you want to be you because your perceptions, the way you perceive are all yours and it's connected to your purpose. And plus, if you're worrying so much about what I'm doing over here, that you're miserable because your your greatest joy is when you're walking in your holy purpose, because that's, that's what you were created to do. The, the people who I, I disciple, I, I said something very similar to them. Each one of them, actually, I've said you especially when they get to the the part of, OK, I want to be like you when 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 those things come up, first of all. I'm like, that's humbling. I appreciate it, but I need you to be the person God calls you to be. My, my role in your life is not to quote unquote, bring you up to my level or quote unquote, bring you to my level. My, my role is to get, is to assist you and mm -hmm. help steward the relationship to get you to where God is taking you because I'm not going to limit who you are based off what I'm doing or based off my perception. God may have so much more for you, but, or it even, it doesn't matter what he has for you. It's for you. Then that's what you should be aspiring for. Mm -hmm. So I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you get two coaches on a, on a, on a call. This is, this, this is the stuff that, this is the stuff that happens. So I always ask every guest this this question because I, I always I, I love these answers. So what motivates you? Jesus. <laughs> Beautiful. Love. Okay. Done. Connection. Show over. <laughs> <laughs> right. The end. That's all you need right there. Oh, this is going to be great. So then the, the follow-up to that is why do you do what you do? Jesus. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in the Root in Christ podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. It's all about that. Yeah. And I love that you're the whole redwood because that is divine connection. Amen. And that's why God said that's the first course in my in the in the program. Divine connection. Because it we're connected. Whether we like it or not, we're connected to everything. We're not meant to operate by ourselves. The church is a living, breathing organism meant to be intertwined with one another. Mm -hmm. This is why, like I've said this a thousand times to people, if the church up the street has the school supplies and we have the book bags, somebody pick up the phone or just walk down the street and let's have this conversation. How can we collaborate? We are stronger together. If we're mm -hmm. always in a spiritual fight, we're always in a spiritual battle. Why aren't, why aren't the good guys teaming up? Right. 
you know, I've, I said this, I say it jokingly because I've been, I've had a young adult men's connect group. And I said, I don't understand Captain America and Iron Man are fighting. Meanwhile, Thanos and all the villains are forming an army on the other side of the world. I'm going to need you guys to focus. <laughs> I'm going to need you to stop punching each other. And look, there's a much bigger problem going on over here. Yeah. You know. Pay attention. See what you focus on becomes your focus. Exactly. My oh my goodness. Yep. I wish my pa- I I talked to my pastor before I called you, and that's exactly what he told me because he was he was rebuking me from things I was thinking about. So I told him having a long day today. He's <laughs> <It was> like, because <laughs> I need you to get your mind together because what you're focusing on is going to become your focus. So yep. actually, I think he quoted the verse where he said, "So a man thinketh, so he is." I might be misquoting that. My Bible scholars don't beat me up. That's a gist of what he said. <laughs> so yeah, well, every time I mess up verses too, I'm like, that's why you should be reading your Bible because I'm not the one telling it to you. Yeah. I just gave you the meaning of the verse. How about that? How about that's a short version? Think about what you're thinking about and guard your and, and capture every thought. How about that? There we go. Yeah. There we go. We'll the heart and mouth speaks. So pay attention to what you're saying. Exactly. Exactly. There's just are we repenting after we get off this call? So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So before I do not want to forget to have you share a little bit about this. Also, let's talk about um, soul love legacy. Can you explain a little bit about what that is, what you're doing with that? Um, and just anything you want the audience to know about it. Um, soul love legacy was basically because again, it's not about Lori. Mm-hmm. It's not on me. Um, it's about God and the soul love. I, I was like always with me, but I knew something was missing because it was all about our soul's ability to love because that's where you know God's loving through us. So the soul love, I'm like, what am I leaving behind? Then started, you know, what am I leaving behind? You know, now that I found this love and this divine connection and this divine love, what am I doing with it? And that's when all of a sudden, boom, legacy came to me. So soul love legacy is basically what we're meant to be doing we're supposed to be living our purpose in love our soul is always speaking to us um so what are we leaving behind Mm. are we leaving behind a bunch of material junk or are we actually leaving love behind are people going to look back on my life and say i found god's love through what she was saying to me she guided me to god what is it i'm leaving behind so that was the whole idea at the time the solo legacy because i knew i didn't want to call it by my name (laughs) Amen. that's that's where that came from i have i do not believe that this is the final segment of the show and we are here already thank you so much for doing this um i will have to get you back on here to do something topical just to any any topic you want to you want to discuss or cover i'd love to have you come back for us this is our let them know segment where you can share anything you'd like with the audience, whether it's something you have upcoming speaking engagements, something you want to promote word from God, whatever it is you want to share. Lord, the floor is yours. Let them know. Oh my gosh. There's so much I'm doing right now. I should say that God is working with you all at the same time. It's insane how much we can accomplish when we realize God's in time. <laughs> um, so well, of course, I've, I've already mentioned becoming the one God called program. So if you ever feel like, you know what, I want to figure out how to hear God's voice. I want to have divine love and divine purpose. Get a hold of me for that. Um, like I mentioned, God has been niching me down. And this is one of the things I'm going to be honest, like I've been fighting with him against because I'm single. And he's been telling me since I started my journal that, that I was going to help turn marriage back to the way God intended it to be. So I keep 
you know, Satan's been convincing me. What do you know? You're not married, but God's been pushing me on that. Um, and I've been going back through my journaling and there's so much he's already been telling me about marriage and the way that's supposed to be. So that is coming very, very soon. Um, my book that'll be coming out, God's Give to Second Chances. And then I also joined forces with Girl Power Alliance. And I'm now one of their VIP ambassadors. Um, and their main goal is to get kingdom women making money, rising up and making money for their homes to be, you know, leaderships in the home, leadership as a wife, you know, claiming their godly calling. So if you're looking for business opportunities or something like that, that blows my mind because everything that they're doing is just God-led. You're basically um, bringing women to God in a business opportunity. <laughs> and it's in, it's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, if any of those things sound like something, kingdom's calling. <laughs> what was it? Can you state the name of the courses for me one more time? Uh, Becoming the One God Called. Becoming the One God Called. Okay. And how many? how long is that course again? It is a 12-week course, and it is a daily lesson. Like, it's packed. Like, you have to be ready to be journal because there's a journal prompt every single day where you go and talk to God, and you hear what he has to say, not what Lori has to say, what he has to say. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to... If you are interested, please check that out. We're going to share all of those links um, in the comment section. Lori, thank you so much for, for doing this. Could I ask you to do one more favor for us? Sure. Would you mind praying this out before we go? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you, Father, for this time that we have got to spend talking about you and sharing your words and sharing your love and letting others know that they are so unique and so blessed and that they are meant to be rich in the glory of who you are. Thank you for you know allowing us to be the vessels through whom you speak. And allowing us to guide your children back to you, um, helping them realize the love that is theirs already and that they don't have to earn it. They were born worthy. They were born in, their, in that holy calling and that the way that they think and the way that they see and just who they are has great purpose. And that purpose is not a singular thing. There is so much that they can be doing for you, guiding others because that's what we're meant to do is shine our light. So all of those who feel like they're not shining, hear me right now saying that you are, you are shining. And the brighter you are is based on how connected you are to God and learning to understand how much love he has for you and that that love is meant to be shared. And you are meant to be constantly connected. So you get from the overflow because you're never meant to be empty or without God's love. So I pray that everyone here really hears and really knows and understands how important and necessary you are to God's kingdom. So if you're ever thinking that what you have to say or what you do is not important, that is a lie. And never allow someone else's words to become your truth because God says you are wanted and you are worthy and you are necessary. And he's just waiting patiently for you to turn and reconnect with him so that he can guide you every step of every second of every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. And Father, I just want to thank you for, for Lori. I want to thank you for her, her yes. I want to thank you for her obedience. I thank you for the grace you've given her, Father. I just continue to pray blessings over her, her family, her ministry, Lord. Continue just to open up doors for her, Father. 
Give her eyes to see and ears to hear where you want her to go, Father. I just thank you for everything you're doing in her and through her, Lord. And I just pray blessings over everyone who has tuned in and has been listening to this podcast. Father, we just speak forth blessings over them as well, that they are all more than conquerors. They can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, that the Christ in them is greater than he who is in this world, Father. So I just thank you for just all the overcomers who have just tuned in today, Father. I thank you for all the testimony that's going to come, no matter whether it's somewhere in Ohio, Kansas, or anywhere over the world, Father. We we know that you are just moving on the lives of your children, Father, and moving on our behalf, Lord. So I thank you for the blessing. I thank you for the breakthrough. I thank you for the healing that you're bringing, Father. I just thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us. We just pray and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for being on here today. I really do appreciate it. Um, and I, I'm definitely going to be asking questions about that, that 12 week course. So thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I'm going to have to get you back on here sometime soon. Okay, great. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. 